Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. What's up? Jeremy Rushing hanging out with you. And uh, what are we, episode 23 now? So whether this is your first time listening to 10K or you've now tuned into all 23 episodes, thank you so, 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 so much for uh, lending us your ears and giving 10,000 pitches a try. If you haven't already, please leave us a rating and review. You'd be surprised, but the amount of ratings and reviews we get uh, really helps where we're placed across all platforms, but especially Apple Podcasts. So specifically, if you have an iPhone, even if Apple Podcasts is not your preferred podcast platform, please do us a favor and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It it, it does the podcast wonders, again, for where it's placed. Also, subscribing helps. The more subscribers we get, the better we're placed. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and if you like what you're hearing. Today's episode is going to be a quick one. If you're listening on Friday morning, I am out of town. Uh, We just finished a 26-day quarantine with the kids Because of COVID exposure, I ended up getting COVID, so it was just a very long, drawn-out quarantine, almost two quarantines in one. So, um, yeah, me and the girlfriend got got away for a little bit this weekend. So, if you're listening on Friday morning, we are out of Minnesota, out of the snow, which is nice. Um, So, because of the short week, because of the little weekend vacay, basically the entire show is just my interview with MTA Boys Director, Minnesota Thunder Academy Boys Director, Mark Ewell, if that last name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's also Jackson Ewell's father, Jackson Ewell playing in uh, San Jose with the earthquakes. His father, Mark, the Boys Director for Minnesota Thunder Academy, has been for the last 11 years. And we're going to talk to him about the Academy in general, his time with the Academy, what it's like being in such a competitive developmental market like the Twin Cities is as far as soccer development goes. And then, of course, going to talk to him about MLS's newest sensation in Caden Clark. Caden Clark, an alum of Minnesota Thunder Academy, Mark got to see Caden grow and got to see Caden's game grow during his time at MTA. So uh, very good insight from Mark on Caden's development and love getting his reaction to Caden's brilliant first week in MLS. So again, no real other content on the show today. Let's get right to the nitty gritty. It's my interview with Minnesota Thunder Academy Boys Director Mark Yule. Enjoy, and we'll see you next week. Mark, thanks so much for taking some time to chat with me. I appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on today. Of course. Uh, Minnesota Thunder Academy founded in 2008. You came in one year later. Since then, obviously, it's become one of the biggest, most successful academy systems in the Midwest. What were the expectations when this academy initially came together and you initially came on board? Were they to become what we have seen or were they a little more modest at the time? Our our goal as as an academy is always to uh, move our players forward into the college uh, professional and national team ranks. That's always been our driving force. Um, we, um, through the development Academy, we, uh, we, uh, really focused on the fact that if we, uh, if we help players develop and help them become better, winning takes care of itself. Uh, sometimes that worked really well. Sometimes it needs a little help, but, uh, no, we were always, we were always a player, uh, development and, um, insight, uh, you know, football insight uh, based organization. And, and did you start to see interest, you know, w- when it started and when you initially came on, you came on in 2009, did you start to see interest real you know, right away from the top younger players in the region or did it take a little bit of time to develop that reputation? Well, we joined the development Academy um, a couple of years after the actual Academy had started. So the Academy 
the Development Academy had a had a, a presence and kind of a foothold in American soccer. So once we opened up and started doing it, it was ourselves in Shattuck uh, in Minnesota initially. We uh, uh, it really did help propel us forward um, as a place where a lot of the kids wanted to play. Plus, we had uh, some very strong success uh, with some of our players. Um, we had um, Eric Miller, who played uh, with us, who went on to MLS soccer. He was one, on one of our first development academy teams and a couple other very strong players that went into um, uh, some very high college uh, programs. And so that really, really kind of helped us in the, in the Minnesota landscape really become a place where kids wanted to go and play and were competing at a high level to get on to the next step, whatever that step was for them. Now, from a personal standpoint, since you joined in 2009, you've, you've built up quite the pedigree yourself, you know, state and regional championships, national championship appearances. Um, I assume the phones rang a few times over the over the years with colleges or elsewhere inquiring about your services. What is it about the developmental side of soccer or what was it that initially attracted you and what keeps you there on that route as opposed to pivoting towards potentially, you know, a, a college coaching route or, or just coaching in another in another space? Um. I can't say the phone hasn't rang, but it doesn't, doesn't ring that often. Uh -huh. It's never been my driving force. Um, I've had a couple conversations. Um, I love, I love working with kids. I love um, the teaching aspect, the development aspect. And I love um, ha taking a team from a certain level and building them up to a higher level uh, through goal setting, hard work, competition, uh, development, et cetera. The, um, uh, the, the, the part that really for the Minnesota Thunder that I like, and we, we had, uh, <laughs> this is really proud. One of my most proud moments with Minnesota Thunder is that we really help a lot of kids get into college. Mm -hmm. And some of these uh, players are first generation college students, you know, first kid in their family to go to college and things like that. That's, that's one of the things that I take the most pride in is that, uh, um, a there's, there's certainly soccer and it's competitive and it's why I'm here and what drives it. But, really help kids getting um, to the next level and soccer being a tool for that, not being the reason for it, the main reason. Um, so we've, that's, we have a, we have a kid who just graduated uh, with a double major from university of green Bay. That's a first generation college student, super proud of him. So it's uh, um, you know, things like that, that I, that I really take a lot of pride in and that really helps drive me. One of the things, obviously, with so many age groups, you probably get to see all these kids, you know, grow up right, right in front of your eyes. I take it that that's probably something that's super rewarding for you as well. It's fantastic. Um, you know, Minnesota Thunder Academy is very diverse, both uh, um, ethnically and uh, economically. And mm. so we have a lot of kids who come up through and, and, you know, they start playing with us because their older brother or older sister played with us. Um, mm. And they go on through the program and, and, uh, we get to see them mature and go through the different levels of soccer, but also just the different pathways of life, you know, uh, getting into high school, choosing a high school, getting their driver's license, navigating mm -hmm. the time management that comes with, uh, you know, uh, getting a degree, uh, a high school uh, diploma and playing at soccer at a high level. It's, uh, it's fantastic. It's, uh, it's, I tell people all the day, all the time, I, you know, I'm living the dream. This is my dream job. So it's, it is very rewarding. I would agree. Or I would say that. Yep. And we're recording this on, on Tuesday afternoon, uh, about, uh, 
couple inches of snow on the ground, a few more about about ready to continue falling. From from an outsider's perspective, Mark, you know, you, you people see top tier soccer talent, you know, training in Minnesota when they have the options to go to Texas or Florida or California or, or one of the more coastal regions uh, that you know weather wise, forecast wise, may be a little bit more uh, more intriguing. So. Why do a lot of these kids choose to come to Minnesota or stay in Minnesota to further their soccer and life development when they have those other options? The families are here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the level of soccer in Minnesota and the Midwest is getting better. You know, the, my son, uh, I have three kids all played uh, for the Minnesota Thunder Academy and my middle kid played at UCLA. And when he was being recru- recruited, uh, we asked him if uh, the coaches, if, if they'd ever recruited anyone from Minnesota before and they, they mm-hmm. kind of looked at each other and laughed. They couldn't believe they were recruiting someone from Minnesota at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you, as you know, you know, we've had some, um, some really phenomenal success with players that have gone on to higher levels. And so the, the soccer level in Minnesota is getting stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that particular, you know, our girls program is phenomenal. Every year we have anywhere between 18 and 36 kids go on to, uh, to collegiate soccer on the boys side the numbers aren't so high, but they're still very strong. And we've had players who obviously I mentioned UCLA, but uh, Washington, Harvard, Indiana, um, you know, we've had uh, some that have gone on to some top flight schools and some top flight soccer programs. So I think that really helps uh, uh, that level and that um, opening the doors for colleges to come and recruit in Minnesota really helps the players believe that this is a place that they can, um, they can not only uh, compete at at a high level, but they can also have success as they're going on to whatever step their goal is next, whatever that takes them to. And Minnesota has become kind of a, you know, the Midwestern hotbed for, for developmental soccer. It's, it's a kind of a crowded space right now, you know, especially with the Twin Cities specifically, one of the most competitive developmental markets for soccer in the entire nation between yourselves, Minnesota United's developmental program, which has changed quite a bit over the last five, six months. Shattuck, as you mentioned, Minneapolis City has launched their futures program. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, how has MTA, conti- MTA specifically continued and how do you continue moving forward to stand out and what has become such a crowded and competitive uh, developmental soccer space? Well, first of all, I'm super proud of our uh, staff that we have. We have some phenomenal coaches, uh, guys who've been doing it and doing it well for the right reasons for a number of years. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them included is uh, our actual U.S. national team futsal head coach, Dushan Jakitsa. Um, so we have a great staff, a fantastic staff. Um, we compete on a national level in the Elite Club National League. And uh, one of the benefits of that is that our players get to play high school soccer, which when we were in the development academy, they weren't allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize uh, what a benefit it is and how attractive it, that has become to so yeah. many of our players. Um, they, uh, they love the fact that they can still compete regionally and nationally and play high school soccer with their closest friends. So yeah. that's a, su- that's a super big benefit for us. The, uh, the development academy uh, getting shut down by U.S. Soccer and then Minnesota United and COVID changing their program certainly helped us in this one-year window. Here we'll see if that can cont- how that c- continues to play out. But the way Minnesota United is uh, structuring and going forward should help all the club local clubs um, keep players and have players develop with them, with the added benefit of being able to go on and and play. Uh, with the Minnesota United program um, and stay with the Minnesota Thunders and the other academies around the Twin Cities. 
Obviously, the Academy's already produced some top-tier professional talent in American soccer, from your son Jackson to Mikwele Akale, uh, Eric Miller, Brett Coleman. Um, and now we have 17-year-old Caden Clark, who's basically taken MLS by storm over his first few appearances for New York Red Bulls after they in Minnesota were finally able to work out an agreement for his professional rights. Before we get into your history with Caden, I just want your reaction right off the bat to his first week on the job in MLS. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> what a dream start. Um, you know, Caden is, uh, gosh, he took, he took the opportunity and ran with it, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Just yeah. knocked it out of the park with uh, his first, his first two games. Um, the part that I like, I mean, he scored, he scored the, the winning goal and the tying goal in his first two outings, but he yep. looked comfortable out there. Mm -hmm. He wasn't intimidated. He didn't get rid of the ball just to get rid of the ball. He didn't run around like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. He played. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, that, that I was very impressed with. Uh, so he scored some fabulous and very important goals, but he also helped contribute to defending. He played both sides of the ball. Um, he helped contribute to possession. Um, I think New York Red Bulls is actually a great, um, fit for him in terms of their style. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, my, my while I was I was super impressed I was also like yeah he's, he's always had the ability um <laughs> to change a game and to to help his team so good for him that's fantastic super proud of him yeah definitely how young was Cade when he first joined MTA and how early on did you know that he was one of those kind of potential professional impact players well he uh actually Caden did such a nice thing for us when he first started uh playing for Red Bulls 2 he and my son Jackson uh, participated in a Zoom call with our juniors program. And uh, to promote that, he sent a picture of uh, him playing, I think it was either under 10 or under 11 soccer. Wow. So I think he started with us at under 10s or under 11s. He had a, the, the uh, MTA kid on and uh, long hair, longer than he has now in a big bandana. Um, but it was, uh, it was really cool to see what a young, 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 uh, Caden looked like and what he's grown into now. Um, so he started at a very young age, um, with our, what we had was our West program at the time, Minnesota Thunder West. Was it right away that you got that, that glimpse of, of brilliance from him or, or did it take him some time to develop? You know, how, how, how long after he started, did you start to realize his, his potential? He so I was coaching the, uh, the development Academy, the younger teams, I believe you 14s at the time. And Cadence had born in 2003, but he played up with the, uh, and it was a combined age group at the time, the 01 and 02 age group. So one of those 02s is McQuale Akali's brother, Masango, who is also playing professionally in Cyprus now. Mm -hmm. um, he signed a, an under 19 youth contract spent a week with uh, Paphos FC and they uh, loaned him out to a second division club right away. So he made a big jump up and Caden nice. was uh, on that team. And um, the thing that I, the thing that, that occurred to me and it, it was kind of uh, took a, took a number of games to get to that point is that um, whenever Caden was in the game, we didn't lose and he didn't <laughs> score the winning goal. Like he has the last couple of times. He wasn't the, like the main guy out there but he was just a piece of the puzzle that helped us be very successful. Uh, the team at the time uh, we were playing at participating both in um, the develop U S development Academy and in uh, MYSA, we won state cup. We went on to regional. So that team that Caden was on literally went to the summer development Academy showcase down in Frisco, Texas. 
and we flew directly from there to Indiana to participate in, in uh, regionals where we actually lost in the semifinals. Um, but uh, yeah, Caden, Caden was uh, younger than everyone on that team, but um, just as important as anyone on that team. So far, we've seen the scoring and attacking quality that Caden possesses, but what's an underrated or maybe not even underrated, but just an aspect of his game that maybe hasn't been featured yet in the national spotlight that he possesses that you expect him to sort of feature as he moves on? His mentality. Um, his parents are fantastic. They, they run a fitness company and Caden uh, Caden has the drive and desire um, to work very hard in all situations. And then the mentality of I'm never going to quit. I'm going to grind. I'm going to dig it. I'm going to um, push myself um, throughout everything, no matter, you know, wh whether it's a, a top ranked opponent, a lower opponent, he, do he doesn't change that at all. So his, his mentality is, is fantastic. Uh, and then he works very hard. Um, you know, people talk a lot about uh, the gifted athletes in the world, whether it's LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Lionel Messi, um, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the common things they have not only is a God-given ability, but it's their work rate, their willingness to train um, as often as possible and when no one else is willing to train. And Caden, Caden, has, that, uh, Caden has that piece also. Um, so it's, uh, it, that's the mentality part of it that, that he has, that kind of X factor of I'm going to work my tail off and improve on everything, mental side, physical side, tactical side, technical side. The way his contract is laid out in two years, Caden will be moving over to Germany to compete in Bundesliga with RB Leipzig. Uh, right now, Leipzig actually sits atop of the Bundesliga table, widely regarded to be Bayern Munich's biggest competition in the league alongside Dortmund. Uh, I mean, the Bundesliga's pedigree for kind of molding American talents and, and, and moving it forward is, is almost second to none. When you look at Caden and you look at the Bundesliga and that relationship coming together, I mean, what what do you see in Caden's future? Like how how far can this kid go? You know, who knows? Uh, I don't see anything stopping him now. Obviously, he's got the the physical component, the mental component. He's working on the technical every day. The tactical is wherever he lands. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with uh, people who believe in him. And mm -hmm. so far, obviously, he he moved moved to Red Bulls. Uh, one of his coaches with. Um, uh, Barcelona, Arizona made a transition to Red Bull. They brought him in without hesitation. They made the investment in uh, mm -hmm. purchasing his rights from Minnesota United. So that clearly they believe in him there. And the next piece will be Caden continuing to show how, uh, how important it is to him and the commitment level and what it takes to get to that next level, which he's done so far all the way through. So I don't see that changing. And then uh, you're right. The, uh, the, the German the German training and the German philosophy in their leagues has changed dramatically. I think Pep Guardiola helped that phenomenally a few years ago when he was coaching with Bayern Munich that uh, they didn't just stand pat, sit, sit and stand pat and say, Hey, we know how, what we're doing, we're going to do it. They were willing to adapt and change. And that's really helped younger players. And, you know, the US, United States youngsters have really benefited from that as we can see with Christian Pulisic and Josh Sargent and, uh, Giovanni Reina, you know, they're, uh, they're all benefiting, benefiting greatly from that environment. Well, the MLS is continuing to advance its presence and, and where it stands in, in the scope of worldwide soccer. It's still a huge jump, obviously, from MLS to Bundesliga. So when you look at Caden, what's one 
weakness or, or maybe just an aspect of his game that you feel he really needs to work on and improve upon most over the next two years. If he's going to not only compete with his teammates for playing time at Leipzig, but also compete against Bayern against Dortmund, you know, on the champions league stage against, you know, insert best team in the world here, you know, where does he really need to improve to, to compete on that stage and on that level? Got to stay healthy and have, and uh, have the drive and desire to continue to enjoy and love the game. Um, if he, if he can maintain that, if it doesn't become a grind and if he doesn't get caught up in, in all the things that young, uh, professionals, no matter the sport get caught up in. And I know Caden's very grounded. His family's very grounded. So I don't expect him not to, to stay, um, grounded in that regard, but still love the game, love showing up to training every day, loves, love being the first one on the field, the last one out of the training complex, uh, the one who likes to play, um, rondo, soccer, tennis, um, mm-hmm. all of the little things that, uh, that add to your skill set and add, add to your ability to, to handle the ball under pressure in real competition. You know, we talk about here in Minnesota, the top players that come out of um, Minnesota in hockey are kids who grew up as rink rats. Yeah. And it's the same thing, thing, same thing in soccer. You know, uh, the, the U.S. is so big and it's so far behind in terms of, of uh, park um, and street soccer from the rest of the world. Um, you know, if he can continue to, to develop that side of it, the experience level, the technical side, and really the joy and love for the game, uh, he'll, he'll have a phenomenal future. It seems like that's something you guys at MTA strive to, to keep alive is that love for the game and the drive. And you mentioned continuing to play high school soccer is something that really helps that with, with the kids that you have in your academy. But what are you guys doing in your academy specifically to, to kind of keep that? Because I know being in an academy system for sometimes for the players can really seem uh, like like it's starting to become a job and, and some, some players kind of feel that pressure right away. What do you guys do at MTA to sort of maybe relieve that and continue to, uh, you know, make sure that your kids are, keep that drive and keep that love for the game and keep that joy like you just described? Well, it's variety, it's competition, and, and it's fun, you know. So mm-hmm. having a variety of uh, training environments. Um, twice a week we have uh, actual training in, in the dome during the winter and things like that. Once a week we have a full 11 v 11 uh, game. Uh, we have um, – futsal available to us as i mentioned the the national u.s national team futsal coach he's actually running a clinic for us coming up in november with with uh with his national team staff um so it's having the variety and you know a lot of people um ask me all the time you know what we did with with my kids and particularly jackson to get them to the level that that they're at and it's um it's the continued as i mentioned with Caden, the, the joy and love for the game it's a variety. It's playing uh, Hispanic league futsal. It's playing with your friends in the backyard, playing pickup soccer. Um, and then also doing the training part that uh, helps the, with the structure in a team environment from tactics, um, uh, injury prevention, things like that. So it's, it's not doing the same thing every day. It's having a variety of training environments and training activities and having coaches that inspire and lead and teach as opposed to drive and push. Um, that's maybe the biggest, the biggest thing right there. You've already mentioned specifically, or, or you already mentioned with Jackson specifically that, that the mentorship and the, and the giving back has sort of, you've done it with, with him. And now, now he's starting to kind of give back in his own way, moving forward too. What do you see in Jackson's future, you know, uh, post playing career? Is he somebody like you that's going to go into coaching or, you know, what, what, what does he want to do after his career? Has he ever, has he ever talked about it? 
Not a lot. Um, and actually, if you'd asked me when he was in high school and maybe even in college, I would have said there's no way he's getting into coaching. But uh, just about a year ago, he actually he actually mentioned that that may be something he would want to get into in the future. Um, you know, truthfully speaking, Jackson's an introvert. He would he would be as happy as could be if he could uh, stay home, watch Netflix, and do do- order DoorDash all, all day. But uh, mm-hmm. um, more and more, he's kind of come out of his shell, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, being on the national uh, spotlight with with within MLS and his recent uh, few games with uh, the U S national team. Um, I think he, I think he'd like to stay involved in soccer. That's, that could change, you know, he's a young man still. Uh, so that could change next week or next month. But at the moment he mentioned uh, he might be interested in coaching. We'll Obviously see. you get that gratification as a coach when one of your players gets called to join the U S men's national team or, or whatever advanced stage uh, when Jackson informed you that he got the call for the u.s men's national team what was that like as a dad you 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 know you always hope for things like that but when it actually happens you just it's it's phenomenal it's it's almost something you can't put into words Mm -hmm. you know your heart leaps your you get a big smile on your face um the biggest part of it though is you know he's he's a pretty humble kid and he's um uh he he handles it really well. He's, mm-hmm. he, of course, you know, put a couple of pictures up on Instagram type of things like that, but he, he just, he, he enjoyed it and he wasn't intimidated by it. Um, you know, I was just, I, I'm proud of him as, as could be. Um, yeah. Pride for sure. Happy. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, I love the fact that the younger kids in our club, you know, that Jackson took the time and with Caden to uh, do a zoom call. And now, you know, now they're all coming up to me saying, Oh, I watched Jackson play. And did you mm-hmm. see him do this? And uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all kind of snowballs together and in, in, into what I love to do. And, and uh, I'm super proud of him for how he's handling it. Have you seen recently, as far as youth, youth soccer and youth interest in soccer goes, you know, not only with Jackson and Caden, their presence in MLS, but I mean, you have names like Weston McKenney playing with Juventus. Now you have Sergino Dest playing with uh, Barcelona, you know, Christian Pulisic, obviously with Chelsea, as these American names really start to grow on the, on the, on the worldwide stage. Are you seeing that interest in youth soccer and, and that competition level starting to grow from earlier ages as that moves along? So earlier ages, we've always had programs um, that get, that uh, offer soccer for kids that are, you know, six years old, five, six years old, seven years old. Jackson started playing with what was then Bangu at the time at the age of six mm-hmm. um, with a number of his friends. And, uh, you know, they're playing up a couple of years, but uh, um I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that there there's, it's at a younger age. That's always, that's been going on for a while. What I, what I do think it's really impacted. I think it, I think those, the success that Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, uh, Rania, those guys, Josh Sargent, those guys have had internationally, obviously Sergio Dest didn't grow up in the U S but uh, the ones who did have really opened the doors for the possibility of other players. Caden Clark is obviously benefiting from the, from the success of those guys. Um, you know, they, uh, it happened on a local and national level with the development Academy when um, Jackson uh, and McQuelley and some of these guys had the U S national team success that they had. McQuelley Akale was part of the residency program for the U S national team down in Florida, mm-hmm. Jackson, obviously national team stuff and playing at UCLA. Once 
once it was established that, hey, there are some talent in Minnesota, um, then more coaches gave gave that uh, credibility and, and would come looking and recruiting players, which is the same thing on an international level. Once, once these players are having the success that they're having on an international level, then the big clubs around the world saying, well, if there's one Weston McKinney, if there's one Christian Pulisic, there's got to be 10 more somewhere. We just have to go find them. And uh, for our piece, we just have to make sure that they're enjoying and loving the game and playing it at the highest level possible here in the U.S. You know, Caden Clark's a great example of that. Somebody's going to, uh, and it looks like Leipzig is uh, Leipzig uh, is going to come and come and buy his contract and good for him. And that'll open the door for another 10, 12 Caden Clarks down the road. Mukwele Akale, when you, when you go over, you know, the, the most successful or, or I guess the, the highest ceiling, you know, Minnesota soccer alums, you know, Mukwele's name pops up. What do you see in his future as far as just his skill level, his ability, his, you know, his potential, you know, where, where do you see his game going uh, from here moving forward? So obviously I, his father and I are 35 year friends. We are closest friend so I've known McQuelle all his life uh and he he has a level of of play and this is a ridiculous statement but he does for his teams what Lionel Messi does he's mm-hmm. left-footed he's small he's super quick he breaks defenses down at, at a pace and at a creativity level that is is hard to find to be honest with you and um he he's playing in a club right now that uh um, competes in the, if I'm, you know, I, I believe their top, the, the top place finisher in the Cy, uh, Cyprus league goes mm-hmm. on to champions league. And I think the second and third place go on to the Europa league. So if they can, um, if McQuelle can help and be a part of that and they can get into the international stage of the champions league, boy, what, a, what an opportunity that would be. Yeah. And that kid works so hard. Um, and he's so talented. Um, you know, it's, it's, if, if you've ever watched him play or if you've never watched him play, take the opportunity. He, he is something special to watch. How long do you think before, I mean, cause he, he was at Villarreal in Spain and now he's, uh, now he's in Cyprus, you know, how much longer before, you know, he, he really, you know, advances and makes that, that, you know, big time European impact in your opinion, you know, where is he at in that development? Uh, now. He's no. 23 years old. That, that's yeah. the time to do it. He, uh, so he, he, he unfortunately took a, a little bit of a grain, a groin strain when he was um, in the first week of training with Paphos. So he's just uh, recovering from that. But once, once he's recovered from that, I, I don't, I don't know what would stop him at this point. He's uh, he's that good. Final question here for you. Um, of those currently within the academy, uh, can you give me a few names to look out for in the coming years that could be the next Jackson Ewell, McQuelle Akale, Caden Clark, uh, you know, guys that are, that are really on the rise that, that could make that kind of impact? I'll give you an alum. An alum. Jake Swallen, uh, one of our former coaches, John Swallen, he was the goalkeeper for Minnesota Thunder's professional team for about 12 years. Okay. He's having a lot of success for the number one ranked Wake Forest team in, at the collegiate ranks. Um, he's got a younger brother who's very good who plays with us. We have, uh, we have probably, oh my gosh, I would say three to five players on all of our ECL teams that I think should have a legitimate shot of participating with Minnesota United's Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple goalkeepers who were very, very good. Some attackers, uh, ask me that question again in about six months when we've, when we've been able to play some ECNL 
uh, games and, and kind of see where things fall out at that point. Uh, we have some really, really good players that I'm very excited about, but I don't know that I'm going to single anybody out right at this time. That's fair enough. All right, Mark, Yule, I'll put that on the calendar. Six months from now, we'll uh, we'll get back on the phone and we'll talk then. Uh, Mark Yule, the boys director at the Minnesota Thunder Academy. Mark, thank you so much for taking some time during your drive through the snow. I really appreciate it. Uh, get home safe and we'll talk soon, okay? Great. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on.